You're listening to How To Catholic, episode 13, How To Drama Free, Emotional Virtue with Sarah Swafford. Hey everybody, this is Lisa Cotter. And I'm Kevin Cotter, and we're your co-hosts here at the How To Catholic Podcast, where our goal is to help you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Lisa here. No Kevin today because I have somebody else with me. Somebody who I'm very excited is joining me this evening. A dear friend of mine. We go way back. And sometimes people say that and it's like, we've known each other for five years. No, this person... We've actually known each other, I think it's around 17 years, something like that. Uh, We're old. We are old, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound really old when I put it that way. We met before we were 17, I'm pretty sure, or right around there. Yes. No, I think that's right. I think that's right. If you don't recognize the voice, I've got Sarah Swafford on the line here. Sarah, how are you doing? I am so great. It is such a joy to be with you, my friend, and um, just conquering all the beauties of technology with two moms trying to figure out how to do this. This is awesome. So look at us go. I know. If people could have seen us before this podcast, it would have been entertainment in itself. (laughs) That is for sure. And yes, it's so great. Um, We've known each other a really long time. I actually just was going through some boxes of cool stuff and found like an encouraging letter that you wrote me at Camp Tekawitha when we were newly friends. Oh, um, and awesome. so that, that thing's like an artifact. It's got to be, like you said, at least, you know, 15 so years old. So we do go, our friendship, girl, it goes way back. It so does. thanks for having me on your fantastic podcast. I'm excited to talk about life with you. Thank you. So glad to have you on. And um, listeners, you just need to know, praise God, we're finally recording because Every time Sarah and I tried to record, one of her children would throw up, including Sarah. Yes, that is right. And so we are just plowing through. That is exactly right. The mm-hmm. devil obviously doesn't want this to happen. And we said, booyah, we're here. We made it happen. So we're here. Here we go. We're doing it. So Sarah, <laughs> for those of you who are not familiar with Sarah, which I don't know how you couldn't be at this point, but Sarah oh, is the founder of Emotional Virtue Ministries and the author of the book, Emotional Virtue. Great resource. I highly recommend it. Love it. Read it. Put it on your list if you have not read it yet. And so I asked Sarah to be on the podcast today to talk a little bit about drama-free, which is one thing that Sarah is an expert in, how to have a (laughs) drama-free life, how to have drama-free relationships. And so what she's got for us today are three tips on how to create drama-free relationships. But before we dive in, Sarah, could you just explain to everybody, what do you mean when you say, I mean, you've got t-shirts with drama-free on it, right? Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. Yes. So what is it Um, that causes drama in our world today? Yeah. Well, I guess it's good to first say that there are multiple types of drama, obviously. Um, I love theater people. So everyone gets a little stressed out when I say no drama because they're like, oh my gosh, like I, I love drama. Plays. I love theater. <laughs> right. So I um, just want to clarify, I don't mean that kind of drama. And I don't mean the drama um, that the Archbishop at Seek was talking about, which is like the drama of life, which is also very fantastic. Um, my kind of drama free that I'm talking about is 
Um, if anyone's ever watched a Mexican or a Spanish soap opera, like that's the kind of drama that we're talking <laughs> about. If we want to just like, if we want to just put a face to it, right? Um, I love how you so, clarified that it's like the Hispanic one, not not down. Well, Abby. like <laughs> all soap operas, but I love like, aren't they called like telenovinas or teleno? I don't know. There's like a really fun name for it, but I love a good Spanish soap opera. But anyway, the drama there is real, right? So, mm-hmm. but I just, I really, you know, drama free was is kind of more of a. I think everybody knows men and women just know what it's like to be caught up in drama and it is so exhausting. And, um, sometimes we are caught up in it with other people. Sometimes it's people, you know, if you're a woman, you're caught up in drama with other women. If you're a guy, you're caught up in, they don't call it drama, but whatever the men call it when they're caught up in it with other men and then probably more like a punch in the face, but whatever you call that. Um, and then obviously the drama that happens, uh, with couples or with, uh, people that want to be couples, however you want to define that. So, yeah. So yeah, I just, I just love the idea of, um, peace and joy and all things happy. And, you know, life just isn't like that. And so whenever I was kind of sorting through just my ideas and just talking through things with women and men, um, they all just kept coming back to me and saying like, I am so tired and I'm so confused and I'm so exhausted and I'm so hollow and I'm so, frustrated and I'm so lonely and I'm so anxious and I'm so insecure. And, you know, it's like, we were trying to like, what do we call this? And like, as we're kind of attacking it, you know, and, um, so much of it, I think I know for myself and, you know, for you and I, especially like even just going through high school, end of high school and college together, I look back and so much of my, so much of of it for me was self-inflicted, you know, like, I mean, it was me. And so, um, so yeah, just going through what creates drama, I mean, I'm just blown away. Like I almost start off almost all of my talks with just like, like just we're pretty much telling everyone, like, I do not know how you are doing it. Like, I don't know how you're fighting this battle right now, because I always joke with people that like, I went through junior high, high school, college, got engaged, got married, had a baby before I even knew what social media was or what texting. I didn't send a text until I was married with children and everyone's like how old is she really they look at me like is she you know what I mean like she's yeah. like looks good for 55 you know like they have no clue how old I am um and so when I tell them that like I was a hot mess without a phone like I didn't even need a phone to be a hot mess um I just don't know how they do it and um that was one of the things that that I feel you know even as you know me now today as a 33 year old you know mom and wife you know I just there's the unbelievable amount of pressure that they're under and mm-hmm. just watching like the, the competition and the competing and the comparing. And, um, you know, not only do you have to like find the one if you're single, but you have to like maintain the one and then be the one. And just the, the pressure for like in society to, to be with someone and to, to have that status. And so I just, you know, when I'm, when I started my ministry, it was all like, man, this is just really, this is just dramatic. This is just a lot. This is really heavy. This is really a lot of drama. And I was exhausted just sitting there and trying to listen and figure it out. And I can't even imagine what they were going through. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of the story behind why my subtitle, my book is a guide to drama free relationships. Cause I don't have all the answers, but baby, I'm in this fight to help help in any way that I can. Yeah. Well, I can remember, I think back to those days when, um, you know, a lot of this, obviously our, our own, cause we were in Bible study together. Right. So our own drama was right. coming out without right. our cell phones. Um, well, we had cell phones. They just, you couldn't do anything with them besides make a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. There was no texting. It was, it was just phone calls. And I remember when texting came out, I was like, 
this is bizarre. This isn't going to catch on. Oh, so yeah. wrong. I was so wrong. Yeah. Well, because it was T, it was T nine. It was like seven, seven, eight, eight, four, four, two, two. I was like, this takes forever. Oh this yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, and I couldn't imagine okay. a phone having a screen one day, right? Oh my gosh, I know. I love it. Yes. So I can remember going through, you know, our own drama. And then as hall directors together, Sarah and I were hall directors at the same time at Benedictine. And I can remember when she kind of started to really, when you started to really talk about emotional virtue, although we didn't call it that at the time, um, just seeing like light bulbs going off. So I think this is something that we all know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Every age and stage. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because that's been one of the... That's been one of the really interesting things, Lisa, that I've been finding, and I know you probably have seen it too, is um, when I started my ministry and when I was, um, even when I was writing the book, I was really in my mind, you know, writing it for kind of 13 to 30 year olds, you know, like men and women, just kind of like college students, high school students, like, you know, young adults, my theology on tap crowd out there. You know, like I was kind of just thinking that that's who was going to, you know, need or want this book or it would help them in any way if I could. Um, but what I'm finding is and a lot of your listeners might even ex- have experiences too, is, um, I have a lot of parents come up to me and say, you know, like I, not only is this affect me and because they're brand new to social media as well, and they're brand new to texting. And I even have a lot of, um, men and women and, and you know, parents even that maybe have gone through, you know, divorces or, um, maybe they're, you know, they lost their spouse or something where they're actually dating for the first time right alongside their high school or college student. So I'm sure there's some listeners out there too. And, um, there might be stuff that we talk about tonight that doesn't pertain to you particularly, but maybe it's your best friend or maybe it's your sister or your older brother, or maybe it is your mom or your dad or someone like that. So I just think it's fair to say and good to say that like no one is exempt from this. Nobody gets to just be like, oh yeah, I don't struggle with competition or, you know, I don't struggle with insecurities or I don't struggle with, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just, even if you are in a, a great relationship, there's still ways that the devil's going to come after you. And so, um, yeah, like we're in this fight together, no matter what age or stage you're in, or no matter where you're walking in life, like we're in this together. Totally. Totally. Okay, good. I think we've got a clear definition of what you mean by drama free. It's not that you can't be mm-hmm. in, you know, theater or in plays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But that drama that we all have experienced in our life of that feeling of I need to be perfect, I need to compete to get ahead, that feeling of I'm not enough, or just the craziness of the way that we relate to each other. It's, it's that kind of drama that uh, doesn't give us freedom. Is that a good way of putting Amen. it? Yes. Amen. amen. Yes. Great. Okay. So let's dive into these three tips that you have here on how to create drama free relationships. So tip number one I've got down here is know the battlefield and the enemy. Mm-hmm. I love that we're going to take this on in, in 30 minutes, but yes, we are going to hit. <laughs> um, I feel like this is like the lifelong goal is trying to figure this out, but we're going to hit the, hit the main point. That's right. right. The highlights. Um, yes. The highlights. And, um, you know, I, for one, the, the, a lot of times when I talk about this, um, I just say almost like 80% of this battle is really knowing and being aware of what you're up against. Right. Um, and so for me, and I know for you too, cause we've talked about this many times, like, I just remember walking completely blind through like an enemy, you know, like through a firing squad. And I remember like, like you're walking out in a, a lawn in front of the white house or something. And there's like snipers everywhere. And they're just like taking you out and you're getting hit in all these different directions. And you're like looking around going, what was that? Like, what the heck was that? You know, like, um, and I feel like that was me for, Oh, I mean, a really long time was just Mm -hmm. like, 
what was even, I don't even know who I'm fighting against or what am I even supposed to be, you know, looking like, what am I even up against? So that's just the first battle, you know, is or the first step is just knowing the battlefield and knowing your enemy. And that is going to look completely different for everyone. Mm. Um, because some people, you know, I, I love it. Cause you know, a lot of people are, um, you know, they really struggle with, like, I have a lot of women and men that come to me and be like, yeah, like, you know what? I just have been hurt so much. I think I'll just never feel again. Like I'm just done with feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I, I kind of, that's one extreme, you know, is just like, I, this battlefield, like, I think I'm just going to go take a nap. Like, I don't really care, you yep. know, like I'm just done with this. Um, and so the enemy obviously, you know, knows how to attack that. The devil knows how to work on you, which is, you know, like, hi, you know, I'm just going to lull you to sleep with the distractions of the world. And I'm going to have you not get into any, you know, conversations or I'm not going to have you, you know, be affected by anything, someone trying to come and help you. Like, you're just going to push everyone away. So, I mean, like, no, like that, there's that one. And then there's like the other extreme, which is like, you know, Sarah, like, I love you. I love your talk, but like, I'm just exhausted and it's just way more fun. And it's way more comfortable to just let like my emotions and passions just run the show. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm like, I, I've put up a fight and it's just like, it's not as much fun, you know? And so I think I'm just going to let, like, I'm just going to have the battlefield, like take me where it may, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just going to kind of go with it. We're just going to go with this. And, you know, and this is high school and this is college and, you know, I'm making hashtag memories and like, I just don't want like this battle. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to deal with it. So, I mean, I have been on both of those spectrums. I always say women can fall from one side to the other in a day. Welcome to being a woman. But you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like I, I just, I really think knowing your battlefield, which is what affects me, how does it affect me? To what degree does it affect me? Whether it's the cycle of abuse or, you know, like me needing to have, you know, like a lot of women or men will come to me and say like, I have to have, you know, a significant other in my life or I am lost. Like, I don't know what to do with myself, you know? Or maybe it's like, I haven't dated, you know, I don't want to date or I don't want anyone in my life. I don't want anyone to get close to me. You know what I mean? So know your battlefield, like know your, be aware of what messes with you and what sends you down into those dark, you know, I always say sometimes, you know, those little memes that say, follow your heart. You know, I always tell people like, I followed my heart. It might be the worst advice ever. Like I followed my heart down some pretty, pretty dark (laughs) alleys in my life, you know? Oh yeah. And, um, I always giggle at him. I'm like, you're so cute and you're so flowery and you look beautiful on a print, but it's just not a good idea. Right. Like, right. um, you know, again, my book, I talk about how, you know, like it's okay to follow your heart sometimes, but you have to bring your head with you. Right. And you know, like it's the heart was meant to, you know, the heart was made to love the head was meant to lead. And so it's like, I, I used to leave my head back at my dorm room all the time, you know? So, yep. um, but yeah, so I just, that's probably step one is just know the battlefield and know the enemy. The, the devil wants to take you out and, um, and he knows your specific insecurities and your past. And he knows your, like the way that you see the world and he knows, you know, maybe you're prone to, to vanity or to pride or to jealousy or, you know, you're, you're like, you have your things that you struggle with more than others. Um, and the devil knows that. So start being just like really aware of what messes with you and don't just push it away and don't just say, Oh, it's too hard. I'm just going to like, forget, just let, let my emotions and passions run the show. I love That's that. That's kind of step one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause I know there are plenty of times if I followed my heart, I would just sit on the couch and binge watch Netflix all day. <laughs> yeah. Amen. My heart amen. doesn't always. <laughs> amen. My joke, my joke is my joke. And I say this in my talks. I'm like, seriously, I've, I've thought about this. Like, wh- where would that go? And I'm like, I would sit at McDonald's and eat fries and drink shakes and watch my children play on the floor in my sweats. Like, that is where <laughs> I would go. Like, I would just I would escape like to McDonald's. Yes. 
with yep. a caramel frappe and just it, all day. That's my heart is there. Mm. So anyway, we should do that joking. one day. Just, joking, just not for joking. like an hour. <laughs> yes. Amen. I'm coming to Denver. So, so yeah. So step one, like you said, is just know the battlefield, know the enemy and know what messes with you and know what sends you on, you know, what I lovingly call the emoto coaster or how the world's idea of perfect messes with you. And you know, how much of this, you know, Netflix season can I handle or how much of this, you know, playlist can I handle or how, how many of these books in a row can I handle or how, how many of these 2 a.m. walks with this guy is good for me? Um, quote unquote, probably none. So I mean, like, <laughs> I you know what I mean? like I'm going to go with zero. Yeah. <laughs> if it's 2 a.m., like, go to bed. Not a good, it's just not a good idea, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm joking because, you know, we all have our own things that, that cause us um, drama and, and also just, just being aware of it and just saying like, oh man, I'm calling that out. Like, I know that messes with me. Yeah. That's huge because otherwise you, if you don't call it out, you're just never going to, you're never yeah. going to attack it and fight back. Right. Yeah. You just stand in there in the middle of the field going, why does this stink? <laughs> so yeah. Why is this happening? That's exactly yeah. right. So yeah. Start paying attention. Know that battlefield and understand um, how the enemy works in your particular life. Cause it is going to be different for each person. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Yes. Amen. Excellent. First tip. Okay. So second tip for creating drama free relationships Understand, and I love this, understand emotional virtue. I, mm-hmm. People, I want to know. Oh. How do you explain it? Oh, my it? gosh. Well, that's why I kind of joked earlier. I'm like, oh, great. We have 15 minutes. I only need 15 hours. Yeah. Um, you only have a book on I the mean, whole thing. I, yeah, I, I wrote a book about it. Okay, so here's the funny thing about emotional virtue. Um, the reason why it is really, really hard to explain is because it really isn't a thing in itself. Um so here's the cool. Okay. So here's how Got I explain it. it really quickly. So when we, when we first stumbled upon what I call my ministry, we could, we didn't have words for it. We didn't have names for things. Um, we would talk in circles and not know what to call it. Mm-hmm. So eventually the best like thing that we were kind of coming up with was something with emotions and something with chastity, because mm-hmm. that seemed to make sense. Those were the two areas where they kept that kept coming up. Yep. But if you put those together, while, you know, while I am a fan of those two things, yes, if you put them together, what happens is, is in people's minds, they hear the word chastity. And for most people, the definition of chastity is abstinence. Yeah. So which chastity is actually not abstinence. And that is another 15 hour talk, but we will stick with this, which is Sounds chastity good. is not abstinence because married couples are actually live, called to live chastely and to live chastity. Another mind-blowing statement that I just threw out there. But, okay, <laughs> so if chastity is, you know, if, if abstinence is saving yourself for marriage, it means, like, abstinence means, like, it means, like, the like don't do something, right? right? So what happens is, is people hear emotional chastity and they think, I shouldn't have emotions. Right. Or Sarah says emotions are bad. Or Sarah says just stuff your emotions. Or Sarah says don't ever think about the opposite sex. Or, I mean, like... I mean, totally. it has been called so many things that are just like, no, 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 That's no, not that what that is. Nothing to do with yes. it. Yeah. Yes. So, so emotional chastity gets a very bad rap because I, because a lot of people think it means emotional abstinence, which is not true. Okay. So now that I've said that, what kept happening was, is my husband, God love him, Doc Swaff, he used, he just kept saying, he's like, you are, you just talk about virtue a lot. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but no one knows what virtue means either. Right. So it's like, okay, so what's virtue? It's like, I have no idea, you know? So yeah, your doc- I always say Dr. Shree 
God love him. I mean, I, I pulled out my notes like years ago from Christian morality and found this page where it says virtue is striving for human excellence. Virtue is forming the habits of knowing and choosing the good and right thing to do. Virtue harnesses and trains your passions and emotions to work towards the good. And virtue gives you the freedom to love. I love that you and have I was that memorized. Like, I do. I do. I do. It is what it is. So, I mean, I'm sitting there going in college, like, I don't know what virtue is, but I got to get me some of this. And then I <laughs> sat there in the, you know, I sat there in the dorms and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what to do with social media and texting, but I think we need to apply some virtue to it. Like, I have no clue what that looks like because I've never done this before, but like, let's just start pulling out virtues and figure out what to do. So then emotional virtue came out of that because it was like, St. Thomas Aquinas would be like, duh, blonde, because I mean, virtue pretty much is harnessing and training your emotions and passions. Like, I mean, so emotional virtue is a play on words. Mm -hmm. So for all my haters out there, I understand the hate and I get it, but I really was just trying to figure out what to call it. And I don't know what else to call it. So God God bless um, the theologians. I have to say that all the time. I believe they get it. They get it. Like they understand it on such a good theological level, but I think St. Thomas, but nobody understands. Yeah. You have to yeah, make it relatable. Yeah, it's hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah, so I think St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, in my adoration hours where I've asked him, like, am I explaining this right? I think he just, like, looks at me and he's like, he's like, thank you for doing what you're doing and in helping to try to make this make sense. And that is why I think he's okay with me putting emotional virtue together. <laughs> um, so, yes. So we've talked it out. But I, what I wanted to say, though, is emotional virtue, just real quick, um, what is it? So it's basically figuring out two things. One, so we know that emotions and passions are like, I always ask, you know, people, do you get to choose like, like, okay, so you're walking down, you know, the hall or you're, you're walking across the campus and all of a sudden you feel jealous or you feel, um, insecure or you feel tempted or you feel, um, anything. I mean, like when you're just angry, you know, you're like, oh, like, do you get to choose that? Like, do you get to say like, right. oh, you know what? I just don't want to feel jealous right now. Like, I think I'm just going to turn that off. Like, I don't want to feel that right now. Or I don't yep. want to feel that ever. Like, no, like emotions and passions happen to you Amen. and they're neutral. They're not good or bad. They're, they're, they just are part of being a human being. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's the most awful part of being a human being, but it just is. Mm-hmm. And so you look at emotions and passions and you say, hi, um, I know that you are going to attack me or you're just going to hit me in and, and some, you know, they're not emotions and passions are not bad. They're what give life its fire and its gusto and its zeal. But we have to be the boss of our thoughts. So like where this game is played is twofold. One, you look at emotions and passions and feelings and you say like, I know you are going to happen. So I get two choices. As this comes at me, you know, in life, I get to choose one, what am I going to do with this? Like, how am I going to act and react to what is happening in my life? And that is AKA virtue. That's 101 virtue. How am I going to act and react to this, whatever's happening in my life? And then the other choice you get is as these emotions and passions that you know, these feelings that you know are going to hit you in different ways at different times. The other choice you have is how am I preparing my heart and mind to, to have those enter in? So how am I like, what am I watching? Who am I with? What am I doing? What am I filling my heart and head with? What am I reading? What am I experiencing? What what conversations am I having? Just all of that, like, you know that that these emotions and passions are coming. How am I going to intercept that? How am I forming my heart and mind? That is emotional virtue. Mm. So when people, I mean, that's the way I can understand. That's my best way of trying to explain it is virtue is like, you got to get the obviously acting and reacting, but there's also that side of it that's like, 
I want to prepare my heart and mind so that I am the boss of my thoughts. So when I feel jealous and I feel angry or I feel tempted, not only am I going to make the the decision to love or, you know, the decision to whatever, you know, whatever virtuous decision I'm going to make, I'm ready to make that. But I'm also been preparing my heart and mind so that when I see, you know, when I feel jealous, it's like, okay, have I been feeding my head and heart with things that will make me more jealous? Or am I feeding my head and heart with narratives about this person that are maybe not true? Or maybe I just don't know this person well enough. And I've, you know, maybe like feel attacked in places that maybe I shouldn't because I've been preparing my heart and mind to just go there instead of trying to, you know, get to know someone for the real them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Or mm-hmm. I don't know. That's like a mini example, but you know, and that's where it really comes down to with you, you know, you and I, and so many talk about this is just like you like relationships are, are hard and it's crazy. But the hardest part about relationships sometimes is what leads up to the relationship. And then if the relationship doesn't go as planned, AKA a breakup, how do you heal from that? And how do you recover from that? Mm-hmm. And I think those are two of the hardest. sometimes being in the relationship is the easy part. It's, it's like preparing for the relationship. And then if that relationship doesn't go well, your confidence is broken. You, you question everything about yourself. You're attached to someone in a way that might not be healthy. There may have been sexual past there. There may be something sexual there. That's hard. I mean, we could go on for like seriously 16 hours on the subject Mm -hmm. because it is so loaded. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's what my, my ministry for nothing else is just to bring awareness to the fact that like virtue is real Mm -hmm. and we have to make the right decision, but we also have to be preparing our hearts and minds for when we're like being called to act upon that, you know, that particular Mm -hmm. virtue. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense, but yes, no, no, I think it does make sense. And I think it's often overlooked. And so a lot of times when we're dealing with relationships, we think, well, I'm not sleeping with somebody. So why is this still messed up? (laughs) It's like, because there's so much more than just the physical side. We have to pay attention to how the emotions affect the way that we react and respond. And so I think what you're doing is so incredibly important. And um, yeah, I think that makes sense. And I, okay, good. And it's all backed, it's all backed by JP2, love and responsibility. If you haven't read it, it's all over that. He talks about the emotional passions and the physical passions and talks about how we have to properly order them. And that's what you do. And I love it. Well, and it's really tricky right now too, with texting, um, and social media, because like texting is really hard because there's a lot of emotions and passions Mm -hmm. in text. Um, there's things that guys will come up to me and, and girls come up to me and be like, I would never say that to them in person. Mm-hmm. But yet I feel so free to say things over text. Yep. And it's, it's like, there's something, you know, beautiful there, but there's also something there that like, you just have to be really careful about and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just be really cautious of, I think, because that's the number one thing people tell me when they break up with their significant other, if that happens, it's like the, the hardest thing was my phone not going off every mm-hmm. five, 10 minutes with the text. And it was, it was devastating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Okay, so that is tip number two. We got a little definition of emotional virtue and why it is legitimate and needed and good and all those things. Although it's not, there's no section in the catechism like using those no. words. It exists. Amen. It's a real yeah. thing. It's a total real yeah, thing. Yeah, and I... I tried. I, if people are still kind of like, I don't get it, which I respect because it's, it's really hard to explain in 10 minutes, but that I wrote 158 pages on it, trying my best. <laughs> so I, the book is way, way better than me trying to figure out how to do it in 10 minutes. So no, yeah, no. that was great. That was great. Okay. Tip number three, begin preparing now. Yes. 
So I'll be quick with this one because I know we don't have a lot of time left. But um, I think the number one thing, and you and I have joked about this, you know, but like I, I always tell people like if I could go back to high school or college, um, like I wouldn't want to for a lot of reasons. Like you know, I like I. <laughs> you don't want to be sweet mates with, with me again? I don't. Well, I mean, yeah, there would be perks, but I, <laughs> I absolutely love you know life now. And but I yes. mean, if I were to go back. Um, the only thing I would want to go back for, like, you know, for real is to grow in virtue and holiness, um, Mm -hmm. to just get closer to Jesus and to, you know, to just, I always joke with people, like, if you don't have a prayer life before your vocation, before you get on the altar and say, I do like, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's just, it's go time. I mean, the altar, no matter what your vocation is, you know, religious life, married life, that's really like, you know game time, go time, game day, whatever you want to call it. And, um, I really, really wish that I would have put more time and energy and love and, and just so much into growing in virtue. And but I wish I would have had a definition for it. Cause I don't think I got that till I was like 20. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just like, just, I wish I would have known what, like what I was actually supposed to be preparing myself. I mean, I joke with people. It's like, how many of you feel, you know, especially young adults and high schoolers and, you know, college students, like, how do you, how many of you feel like, you know everything you're you're not supposed to do. You know every road you don't want to ever go down again. You know everything you don't want, but you have no idea what you're supposed to be doing right now and what you're supposed to be saying yes to. I mean, mm. I have so many high schoolers that are like, I could give you a Jason ever, you know, chassis talk right now. Like I like I got this, you know. And then they look at me like, but, but like I, what am I supposed to be doing again? You know, and like I yeah. felt that way. I felt that way so much in high school and college. Like I want, I want, let's go, let's do this. But I didn't know what to do and. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I just, I really stress over and over again, like, you know, there is no altar switch. There's no switch behind the altar where you get to walk up and flip this little switch on your wedding day or on the day you take vows and you just instantly become the person that you've always wanted to be, mm-hmm. you know, like that just, it, it's not back there. And I think that's kind of what a lot of us like hope for or gain or plan for. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm either going to like get all this, like, you know, party in and just like, uh, you know, this like all out of my system. And then I will be that person one day. Yep. Or it's like, or it's like, you know, I just, I'll, I'll get there. Like when I'm supposed to be a good husband, when I'm supposed to be a good wife and I'm supposed to be a good parent or when that whole thing happens, I'll just like, I'll turn that on. And I think that's just a lie from the pit of hell. It's like the devil wants to paralyze you into thinking that. And I wish somebody would have just shook me and said, that's not how it works. Like mm-hmm. every Every day you are, you are making decisions that are taking you closer or farther away from the person you want to be. And like, you are forming the person that's going to stand on that altar, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you know, you're not always going to do it right. You're not always going to make the right decisions. You, I mean, like that is why our Lord Jesus gave us the confessional because he knows that you are not always going to get this right. And I just really stress that to everyone out there listening is you know, like we all look at social media and we all look at each other and we all, you know, have like these you know, like, I don't want to disappoint someone. I don't want to look weak. I don't want to look like I don't have it all together. You know, I want you to think that I'm got this all together, you know, and like, we're all just a mess. And we're all like, you know, we all have our past and we all have our mistakes and we all have our things that we struggle with. And that is why we have confession. And Mm -hmm. I just really want to stress that to people because I think sometimes um, they kind of run across, they're like, well, if I'm not going to be perfect now, I don't even want to try. Mm -hmm. Or if I don't, if I'm, I'll just be perfect later. It's like, no, like so much of my, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, no. And so much of my growth, um, when I look back at high school and college was where I fell completely on my face Mm -hmm. and like made some really, really bad or what I lovingly call them is really, really poor life choices. And, you know, I look back on those and I'm like, 
oh my gosh, that is, that was the time where I like looked at Jesus and said, I don't want control of my life anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I'm tired of taking control of my life. And that's where I turned to my friends and I said, I like, cannot do this alone. I'm struggling with this. And they looked at me and said, I'm struggling with that too. Like, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't you think I was weak. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then we just eat Oreos and cry and it's wonderful. Right. Like, <laughs> right. so, I mean, I you just got to be real and you got to be real and you got to say, I want to deal with my, I want, as Christina Everett says, you know, like I want to deal with my junk and past now so that I don't bring it into my marriage. Mm -hmm. And I want to deal with like the places where I'm weak because I want to strengthen those before I jump into my vocation. And I've talked to so many nuns who say the same thing, you know, and, and religious and priests who are like, oh my gosh, like I had so much that I wanted to sort through and heal from and work on and be ready for, you know, like it, get ready for game day. It's exciting. But to think that we can put it off or to think that it's not a big deal, it just, we can't, we just, we have to, we have to get our big girl virtue pants on or big boy virtue pants on and just get ready for this. So beautiful. That was a good pep talk. I know. I'm kind of excited. I mean, like I get kind of <laughs> worked up. I, I get excited for people. I'm like, yes, let's do this. Totally. That action. Yeah. You have to act. It can't just be a, uh, well, one day it's, it's now. Why not now? Like, what are you waiting for? Totally. Yeah. And human, human beings are really bad at vulnerability and commitment mm -hmm. um, at any age and stage. And so the more you can be vulnerable with your, your good friends, especially if you're a woman, your good female friends. And if you're a guy, your good male friends, the more you can be vulnerable with them about what you're struggling with and it can be anything. And then the more committed we can be to one another, um, putting each other first, man, that is just a recipe for incredible relationships. I think, yes. Yeah. And that is a beautiful segue into the how-to challenge that you have for us. Do you want to tell us what is your how-to challenge? Yeah. Oh man. I really like it. So one, I love that you guys have this because sister Susan, who is both of our spiritual directors, what we share, we're spiritual sisters. Um, of sister course. Susan is really big. I know she's so big on like every morning after you do your, your devotions or your morning prayers, yep. having like an action point. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm four kids in, so I have to write it on my hand usually. So I, I usually <laughs> write it on my, on my thumb. Um, but just to make sure I remember what I'm working on today. Um, but I really, really love this because sister and so many all talk about like, look, if you don't name it and claim it, if you don't write it down and own it, it's going to be really hard to grow. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to encourage everyone. Um, the challenge that I have for you is to really, I mean, it's going to be hard and I know it's gonna be hard. It's not easy, but I really want you to find someone, I want you to write down the name of someone that you want to approach, um, in humility and in love and, in, you know, in zeal and excitement and approach them and say, like, I need a running partner. Like I need someone to work out with, um, mm -hmm. in this, in this game of life, in this game of virtue, in this game of holiness, I need you to find an accountability partner. And it, I, it, I think it should be someone of the same sex as you, just because if it's someone of the opposite sex, it gets a little messy sometimes, but I mm -hmm. want you to be vulnerable with them. I want you to be vulnerable with them and I want you to be committed to them. But I also want you to talk about what it is that you really want to work on. And there's so many resources out there that you can use to say like, okay, these are the virtues I want to grow in. Um, like on my website, I have the virtue challenge, which is you mm -hmm. just pick a different virtue and you work on it every week. You list out three ways that you want to grow, like, like specific, like, Hey, yeah. like these are three ways I want to grow. And then you write down three ways that you know the devil is going to attack you and make mm -hmm. obstacles for you. Um, and I always tell people you might want to keep those private um, with your accountability partner. You might not want to post them somewhere because that it might be Don't the tweet name it. of someone. 
Mm-hmm. Don't tweet it. Mm-hmm. It might be the name of someone and that's okay. That's honest, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so, so really kind of look at that. And then obviously at the end of you know the week, you can share like how ways you grew, you know, at the end of the day, do your examination of conscience, like you grow. But then at the end of the week, you can pick a new one or you can stay with the same one. I have a couple girls that are like, yeah, we're, we've been on the same one for like four months. I'm like, good. Like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. That means you're like really attacking it and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, oh my gosh, like I love your book. The dating detox is so good. And it's like oh, the perfect you. thing to do with your accountability partner. It is perfect. And you can hold each other accountable to reading it and to doing the challenges in there. I think it is the perfect Lent thing. Um, you know, like I know Lent, I just looked it up. It's like a, a month away. Uh-huh. Good grief. Buckle up. No. I know. Ash, Ash Wednesday's a month away or, or so. I don't know. Yeah. Like in, it's in a couple weeks. Um, but I just want to like really encourage everyone, you know, like it, you are gonna struggle. I mean, the struggle is real. I mean, mm-hmm. it is real. And we're in this with you because even though we are, you know, we're all married and blah, 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 we, we have all this like vocation thing kind of set. We are still struggling. I still do the virtue challenge. Like there are things on there that I really struggle with. And I'm my, you know, I'd be real with people. And, and even just sitting down with my Bible study women, you know, my moms or whatever, and just saying like, this is what I'm up against right now. And they sit down and say like, I'm so struggling with this right now. There's such unity in that. And there's so much beauty in that to just be real. And, and you want to strip drama out of your life, start being real about our insecurities. Mm. I mean, most of the drama comes from trying to be someone that you're not and trying to really just like put up that wall and that facade. And it is just the, I've been there. It's so lonely and it's so hollow Mm -hmm. and what the devil, the devil likes to twist and divide and isolate. He twists the truth about ourselves, about each other. He divides us out so that we we're not together. So the, the, you know, the, the posses become clicks and the squads get all messed up and then he isolates us so we can pick us off. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I think the, the challenge being find accountability partner is find that person you can turn to, but then really grow that squad and mm-hmm. really grow that tribe and that crew and like it, start inviting people in because there are a lot of people out there that are just really lonely and, and trying to play the game of life by themselves. And we've all been that person. And so, mm-hmm. so not only find the accountability partner, but find that group of women or find that group of men. If you're, you're one of the men out there, um, that you can really run with and really be aware of what's going on, um, to really look at emotional virtue and say, okay, is it real? If it is, how does it affect me? And how can I, how can I play that? How can I play that game? well, the game of life, and then begin preparing now. And part of that is going to include, you know, healing and growing and doing that within your squad. Love it. Such a great challenge, especially for the season that's coming up. What a great time to do that. And then is everything for the virtue challenge, is that all laid out on your website? Is that right? Yeah, there's like okay. a link that you can push on. And then in the book, there's Perfect. a whole chapter. So awesome. if they're if they have access to the book, they can read the whole chapter. And then the little Simply Irresistible Virtuous Man and Woman list um, where they can grab those off of. They're on there, too. They're on the website, too. Awesome. I'll make sure to put all that in the show notes so people don't have to go fishing for them. Yeah. Sure, sure, good sure. stuff. So, so great, Sarah. This was awesome. Thank you so much oh, for taking the time. It's good to hang out. Oh, it my gosh. I'm, I'm sorry I talk so fast, but, you know, 15 <laughs> hours worth of stuff. So I know, but you, you get good. it in more quickly, so that's oh, good. We got more goodness. than what we bargained for because you talk so fast. It's perfect. Ayo, ayo. That's right. Me and the Aussies, <laughs> me and my Australian friends, we, we get it done. So Talking lots fast. of conversation. Hey, so thanks good. for having me, Lisa. Thanks for doing yeah. this podcast. We need more of it. You rock. I love you. Oh, that's so sweet of you. So, hey, you guys can find Sarah. Again, it's at emotionalvirtue.com. You can also find her on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Sarah Swafford, 18. 
make sure to connect with her there and keep up with Sarah because she is putting forth some amazing content, some amazing things that aren't always talked about in our church that need to be put out there. So thank you so much for what you do, Sarah. God bless. Oh, thank you. I'm praying for everyone. We're in the fight together. Love you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We are so honored that you've given us your time. Show notes for this episode can be found at madetomagnify.com. And you can connect with me on Twitter at Kevin R. Cotter and Lisa on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Ann Cotter. That's Ann with no E. We'd love to hear from you there with any questions, comments, or suggestions for topics or guests. And would you do us a quick favor? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would you head on over to iTunes and rate the show for us? This helps us get the podcast out there to those who are looking for a show just like this. Until next time, be saints. It's worth it. Thank you.